Welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. As always, my name is Brent Terhune. Don't forget to like and subscribe and all that stupid stuff you hear on every other podcast that uh, helps the show out. Uh, YouTube.com slash Brent Terhune. You can also follow stuff on there. But let's get to our guest. Uh, you know him from a bunch of stuff. I have a big long list, and we're going to talk about some of these things. But you know, from Malcolm in the Middle, uh, Pee Wee Herman on Broadway, the movie 1408, <laughs> Office, uh, ER, Psych, American Horror Story, Leverage, Modern Family, True Blood, Gotham, so much more. We're going to talk to him, Mr. Drew Powell. What's up, my man? How are hey, you? Good. Thanks for being here. Are you kidding? I've been looking forward to this. I it's, appreciate you having me on. It's been a weird thing where it's, you know, we go back and forth on Twitter and this is how you meet people, you know, uh, mid pandemic or end of pandemic, or it's <laughs> like, you know, you, you tweet and then eventually you do a zoom and now we're, we're officially friends. I've got the tattoo already. I'm just waiting on you to get yours. So I, I already got mine in anticipation. Yes. I knew it was going to happen eventually. So <laughs> I've got, I, I think it was, you have the left cheek and I have the right cheek. Is that That's right? That's right. Yeah. 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 And on so Zoom, it looks done, weird so. because the camera switches. So. <laughs> exactly. So the hearts go the opposite <laughs> way. <laughs> BFF or yeah. FFB. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, whatever it is. We're, we're bonded <laughs> for life until this goes poorly. <laughs> Uh, exactly absolutely <laughs> and then I'll, bust out the lasers baby that's right or cover it up and uh, i'll get one of my wife finally yeah. <laughs> she'll be thrilled yeah uh thanks yeah. for being here man you're a fellow hoosier yes sir yeah absolutely i uh, uh a proud hoosier and uh and one of the reasons i've i've just so much enjoyed your stand-up and and all your stuff you've been doing in the last uh gosh you know particularly in the last four years is is that that i like we're, we're simpatico, man. We, mm -hmm. we, we know what it's like to, to grow up in central Indiana. And so the, the satire and the stuff that you do is like, so on point, it's, it's cathartic. Uh, I remember it came up, uh, my cousins who live all over the, the country, uh, we have a ch text chain and very often, you know, some of your bits would come up and I'm like, yo, I know that guy. I mean, I don't know him, know him. Yeah. I'm, we're going to get a tattoo and stuff, but I know that guy. And, 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 uh, and so, you know, it's just been, uh, it's been like, a very uh, a very cathartic uh stuff to, to listen to you uh over the last four years so i appreciate that oh thanks man and it's cathar cathartic to do especially you yeah. know you, you play a ton of characters i like to play character because me brent terhune is not taking a risk the character yeah. is taking a risk so if i fail yeah. it's not on me <laughs> that's right nope not at all but i think a lot of people are scared of satire because they're scared like this is not, you know, they're scared that people will think it's real. And I love that mm -hmm. you embrace that. It, oh, is yeah. there a, isn't there a term for people that get? Uh, I think, you terhuned? know, when people started to say, they said terhuned is what the, terhuned, the phrase. Yeah. And yeah, then other yeah. people will throw around like the real terms. I think it's called um, uh, Murphy. It's not Murphy's Law. It's, now it's another one. I've forgotten it. But it's essentially if there's no clear indicator of uh someone's intention on the internet it's going to be misconstrued so right. and and i'll i'll think of it to, in 10 minutes and be like that was the phrase but yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh, well but i i the, one of the ways i gauge it is i i, I remember going on your <laughs> twitter timeline and seeing how many tweets have been deleted yeah and the thing is i don't mind if like if people want to be mean because at this point that's that if you put something out on the internet, that's kind of how that works and it shouldn't be, but that's 
how it works. But if you if you can creatively roast me and be funny with it, I'm all for it. Like it, it, you could just call me fat. That's everybody knows it. Nobody knows it more than me. But if you can say I'm fat in a funny way, I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's a true comedian. A true comedian uh, can laugh at himself uh, uh, as much as anyone else. But uh, but yeah, and, and it is. It's like at this point. If you're, if you're, if you better have a pretty strong, you know, uh, a slam game on, mm -hmm. on, on social media, because, you know, if you're going to come with the, the old school, like middle school treat, you know, the, yeah. the insults, then, you know, forget it. Yeah. You I banged your on. mom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did <laughs> okay, everybody yeah, right, else. Right. That's good. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, let, let's talk about you, Drew. Uh, if people don't know who you are, what will they know you from? Well, you, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to be doing this job um, since I graduated from DePaul University in mm -hmm. Greencastle, Indiana. Uh, oh, geez, 20 years ago, uh, a little more than 20 years ago. So um, uh, I've done a lot of stuff, but it, it's, it was really Gotham, um, which was the show on Fox, it was a prequel to Batman, where I played a, a character called Butch Gilzine, who was a new character to the DC mm -hmm. cam, but then became, spoiler alert, Okay, okay, people kind of close ears. Uh, Solomon Grundy, yeah, who is you know the the infamous uh, DC supervillain, and um, so so that was a, a great four year run on that show, and that's it went from people going like, man, how do I know you? Like, mm -hmm. I, I, like oh, I don't know, man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> my favorite story about that, and this was pre Gotham, was I was in New York, we were shooting Gotham, but it hadn't aired yet, and I'm with my buddy, and we're outside this bar and this guy comes out and he looks at me he's like yo man he's a big dude bigger than me looking down at me he's like yo man how do i know you and then my buddy next to me is like oh man he's an actor he's on a bunch you know him from tv he gets right up in my face he's like nah that ain't it you from hoboken <laughs> and i'm like yep that's I'm right hoboken. yeah that's it <laughs> So I got a lot of that uh, where people just thought that I was like their cousin's roommate that they partied mm -hmm. with once at college. And uh, and then Gotham finally, it became a, um, oh, you're the dude from Gotham. Mm -hmm. And to the point where, you know, we were living in New York shooting the show and my son, uh, who's 10 now, but was, you know, little at the time, five years old, six years old, you know, we somebody would stop me in the subway or the airport or whatever. And, and I'd, you know, say hello. And, and he would say, daddy, is that one of those people that, knows you but you don't know them i'm like yep he's like oh okay okay <laughs> yeah it, it took him a while to figure it out but then he was like oh yeah that's just how it is that's, it's that's the norm now for your kid yeah. yeah yeah exactly and you mentioned this guy was a big guy I, you know i was i was looking at your stats i had all your baseball cards and uh <laughs> you're you're six three you're so, close to that right near that yeah yep. so yeah watching you Depending on screen on boot somewhere i know yeah watching you on screen i'm like god this guy's so big and I'm sure, you know, six, three, that's probably people walk up and how do I know you? Or they're like, how tall, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and also it, people are always, I mean, it's a lot more, there's a lot more short dudes in Hollywood than tall. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I would meet people I've seen my whole life and be like, oh my gosh, she's like so short. Mm -hmm. The best, the best one was, if you can believe it, Mr. T, right? Oh, okay. You, know, I mean, <laughs> you remember the A-team, yeah. all of that. And uh, my first ever commercial was for 1-800-COLLECT, mm -hmm. which was back in the 2000s. They had the, or maybe it was early, late 90s. That you, you, back when there were pay phones. Yeah. You dial 1-800. This is for all, all the younger kids <laughs> in the audience. Anyway, and he was Inspector Collect. 
And so I was a, 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 a I owned a, a garage, like a mechanic. I was a mechanic and expect to collect comes in. He's like, God, he rips open the, the, the garage door. And he's like, expect to collect is here to teach you about call and collect. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to? And, and then he's like, uh, how am I supposed to remember? That? He's like, it's, it's just put to collect after the winner. Anyway, the point is this, this stupid thing, except for the fact that I got there, shot all my coverage, meaning all the stuff that was facing my direction. And then mm-hmm. T got there and they brought him in and he came up to like here on me. Mm-hmm. And so they had to bring in what they call an apple box, which is like a, you know, a wooden box. And he had yeah. to stand on the apple box so he could be taller than me. And I was like <laughs> amazed and a little bit crushed at the same time. Like, oh, T is little. He's a yeah. little fella. <laughs> But but uh, it was great, and he was great. Showing me like the bullet, his bullet wounds from when he was growing up on the south side of Chicago. And what a story! What a th- uh, yeah. guy to be right. like. Hey, you want to see my bullet wounds? <laughs> I guess. He was a yeah, great dude. I, I remember a school bus full of kids dro- drove by. We were up in Altadena, and he was out. We were outside talking, and, and they all just like they, the, the, all the windows came down, and these heads popped out of the of the school bus, and like, oh my gosh. And he's waving to him and he's, you know, it was, it was fantastic. And then you were like, and he talked, he's, there's no difference between Mr. T the person and Mr. T the character. Like he talks like that. He's exactly like that all the time. Yeah. That that's so weird. Like that'd be weird. Like at mid scene, he's like, I pity the fool. And they're like, cut. He's like, (laughs) how are you? Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) He sounds like Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I imagine the school bus pulling up and you're like, Mr. T, are those the people that know you, but they don't really know you? But they don't. (laughs) That's right, son. (laughs) That's That's how it is. That's right. They know me from my cereal. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'll give you one more Mr. T story because it's it's great. So at the end of this commercial, they were supposed, he was supposed to uh, drink uh, this, you know, the classic coffee that's at a, in in a garage. Mm -hmm. And he's supposed to spit it out. This coffee sucks. Let's give me a cappuccino. And he didn't like the line. So he calls all the ad guys in, all the director, everybody. And he's like, Mr. T, don't do coffee. Does Mr. Coffee do tea? No, I ain't saying it. That was (laughs) word for word exactly what he said. And they changed it. And uh, so I was like, my guy, I love that. That's so funny. And he calls everybody in that like, let's let's rewrite this. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. T, don't do coffee. Does Mr. Coffee do tea? Oh man! Uh, well, you, and you mentioned that you went to DePaul University. You, uh, yep. I, there's a video of you online. This is how I know this. But you, would you give like the a commencement speech there or something? Okay. I did. Yeah, two years ago, which was probably the most nervous I've been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like you know I'm memorized, been on stage in front of camera for my for my living, and I'm my, my folks are actually uh, ministers, so I've been you know in front of people ever since I was a kid. So, you know, but this was like, this was different. This was like, okay, you're talking to these people who this is the culmination of their education Mm -hmm. and you have to say something that doesn't make you sound like a complete idiot. Um, And, and they told, they asked me to do it in January. So I had, you know, we did it in May. So it was like five months to stew on this thing. To worry and and uh, overthink. (laughs) Oh, oh, exactly. Call all my comic friends to say, Hey, could you just punch this up a little bit for me? <laughs> <laughs> Which you, you understand a little something. Yeah, about that. yeah. If I would have known you then, I would have sent it to you for sure. Yeah. Because I, I needed I, that Hoosier's part. <laughs> I would have written a but, tenderloin joke and sent it back to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it went it went off well. I will say that uh, you know, it was long uh, initially, 
And I remember I timed it kind of for the first time, my, my final draft, I timed it in the morning while I was on the treadmill and I'm saying it out loud. And I've got the timer and it was like 47 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, you know, any, any more than like 30 and you're going to, it's death. So I immediately ran back to where we were staying and then I got my wife, I'm like, all right, we got to start cutting. So I'm like slicing and I got that sucker down to like 32 minutes or something. So I was very proud of that, uh, that of that fact, but it was, uh, it was, it was <clears throat> one of the honors of my life. I really, really appreciated that. And, and it was almost, it was 20 years to the date that I actually sat right there and, you know, went through that graduation process. So it was a cool, like coming, coming full circle kind of moment. Is that where you started acting was in college or before that? Oh, I started in my living room when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> my, my sister, I mean, my cousin who lived in Frankfurt, they would come down because Frankfurt Lemonin just next door. And we would do, you know, uh, plays. We'd come up with skits and, you know, I did stuff. I did the talent show. My first ever in front of people that weren't my family was I, I sang Grandma's Feather Bed in, 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 uh, at Central Elementary in second mm-hmm. grade at the talent show. And everybody clapped. And I thought, wow, that was nice. Let's do that again. That's it. Let's get more dopamine like that. Let's get that <laughs> yeah, in here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I got, I, I got my, I'm an addict when it comes to that. Yeah. And so uh, what was your goal through college to to do what you're doing now? Are you living the dream? A hundred percent. I mean, to the point where I would grow up. Do you remember? You've seen Hoosiers, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. Terhune mm-hmm. was the sec- was the sectional uh, game was in Terhune. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, pigeons but, uh, shit in your eye, Gene Hackman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, always man. thought I'm, that was uh, my an odd choice of the shit that you were going to say that he had in his eye pigeon shit, but I'm there yeah. for it. <laughs> pigeon shit, exactly. We don't have a lot of pigeons in Indiana. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Crows, I would have gone with that, but uh, yeah, I was actually looking that up before I came on. You know, I've got the I'm repping the Hickory. Uh, yeah, the hoodie, and um, yep, and uh, I was looking at all the the Terhune thing because Terhune is that the city of Terhune is actually mm-hmm. in Boone County, right up the road from like we would. When we go biking out in the country roads, we dro- roll through Turkey. So yeah, I, yeah. I drove that, through once. People. I know, and I I was they I drove through once. I was immediately named the mayor. They crowned me mayor. <laughs> uh, the twenty. That's right. The twenty they seconds it took me to loin. drive through. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> tenderloin, an honorary tenderloin, and uh, I can have as much ranch dressing as I want. So. Which exactly. It's like, you know, you're famous. It's you you have Terhune, James Dean had uh, uh, Wolcott or whatever whatever that town was that he's from. Yeah, uh, it's, he's from, because um, my wife is from that area and like a friend of her grandma would be like, yeah, I dated him a couple times. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure, sure you did. Yeah, grandma. yeah. I think it's Math- sure. Matthews, Indiana. There's a, every year there's a James Dean festival. I don't know if you've right. been there. And I've, I've never been there. I've through it. I've mm-hmm. not been there for, but I've seen the signs, the big signs as you drive through. Why can't, is it Matt? Is that what it is? Matt? I think it is Matt. I don't know where I'm, I'm sitting at a, a, a little box that tells me all the answers I ever wanted to know. <laughs> oh, I got to get me one of them. Yeah. Alexa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, James Dean. Yeah. He's uh, Marion, Indiana. So Marion, Indiana. Okay. Yeah. But he's actually, but his actual hometown is a little it's tiny. It's not Marion. It's one of those little towns that run around it. And maybe um, it is Matthews. Uh, Cause all, all my wife's family's from that area and it's just yeah. kind of small towns. Uh, and, and, and my standup, I, I call it a dollar general town. 
So <laughs> that's true. Everything's that's closed true. and now it's just the Dollar General. But that's it. Oh, it's so true. Gosh, I'm, man. Yeah, exactly. You, we have those you, out here too. Do you in miss California, Indiana? Oh yeah, big time. You know, and I get back uh, as often as I can. My mom and dad still live there. They moved from Lebanon to Noblesville, so mm-hmm. it's kind of weird to go back and not go to my hometown, um, mm-hmm. even though it's not that far away. But uh, my sister still lives there, and, and so we we get back there. It's a great kind of to me. It's it's a great uh, touchstone for me, whether we're living in New York or California. And I lived in Australia for a while. Like to be able to come back and you know feel home again and and Mm -hmm. in fact last summer when with all the weirdness and all the lockdown and everything we finally just said all right that's it we packed up the car and we drove to indiana and stayed for two months in the summer and um Mm -hmm. and it was great you know because my son leo is you know as a city kid and so getting to go go out to the country and and you know ride bikes and hang with his cousins and go to the farms and stuff uh it's just a great great thing for him to have um as well in his life so i do i love it and i miss it and and uh i'm glad that mike pence is no longer around to sully its name we're pete we're pete Buttigieg's state now uh i guess yeah we'll see and that mike pence by the way kind of disappeared the way bigfoot you just haven't seen him recently (laughs) yeah (laughs) I, i gotta tell you people always ask me about that and i'm like i was at the 100th running of the indy 500 which was a big deal and it was mm-hmm. packed and it was all this stuff and i was in this vip room with all these you know celebrities and, and cults were there and all these different people and pence was governor then and because people always say oh do they love him in indiana i'm like man this guy was sitting by himself with his detail doing that thing where you kind of try to make eye contact with people so that you they'll talk to you <laughs> and everybody like like yeah, uh, just, yeah 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 nobody wanted anything to do with that guy even republicans were like mm-hmm. nah this dude's not so, so you know so bizarre and then that's how you become vice president apparently just have <laughs> no friend that was a, every lunch cafeteria i've ever been in was just a kid sitting by himself <laughs> waiting no no okay okay no, anyway no. I'll, I'll share my rectangle pizza with you. Yeah, I, it's got corn water in it. I don't know why we're eating <laughs> pizza and corn at the same time, but or the fruit cocktail fruit water thing. <laughs> Did you ever have the the little cheese stick, the like yellow? I don't know. I'm not gonna say it was cheddar. It was like a cheese, like you know, cube. And then you, if you took the straw and you poked a bunch of holes in it, and then you'd squeeze it, and then like little like it's little play-doh essentially, yeah. Out. Yeah, well, you're exactly. you're talking to a guy whose mom was a lunch lady for, you know, most Come of on. his life. So I got the hookup with like, you know, uh, after school, there's all these leftover chicken sandwiches. And then that's, you yeah. know, that was, I'm eating lunch for dinner every night. Oh, so. I love it. I love it. Oh man. Please tell me you've got a bit about being the son of a lunch lady. I don't yet, but that just saying that because it was so weird, like the end of summer, we had like a mini fridge, but it was like those four ounce things of juice. Okay. So it's just like all summer, I'm just drinking this juice. To, and then you're like, oh, that they, these are bad. I, sh- I should have drank these. <laughs> I want, can you please ask her? I want to know what happened. To the, I would give, I would pay so much money for one more of those rectangular pizzas. Do they, do they have them when you're younger than me? Do they still mm-hmm. have them when you were around? Yeah. It was, yeah. it was so, I, I'm sure it's terrible. I'm sure it's not made of actual food product, mm-hmm. product, but I loved it so much. It was like the greatest when it was pizza day, you roll that thing up and oh, I can still taste it. Yeah. I remember my friend, John, he's probably my oldest friend. He'd always get double pizza. His parents, what? whatever. I know he, he, you was just he rich? pay extra. No, it just <laughs> apparently, you know, I remember milk was like, oh, it's 35 cents for milk. 
when I was yeah. a kid. So I'm sure if you paid an extra dollar, he's like, all right, I want my $1 to go to this pizza every, every week. <laughs> Back when they really cared about our, our health uh, and nutrition and health in school. Yeah. Yeah. With the square <laughs> pizza. Yeah. <laughs> that makes oh, sense. Oh man. That's great. Um, so what was, you know, you get out of college and you're, you're acting, has there been a moment in your life, whether you think you've made it or not, where you're like, man, this is, this is it. This is, I made it. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't actually answer your question. All these uh, tangents. Uh, yeah. So I know this is, this is how, this is good. Oh, this is how this, it's supposed to go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Right, Cause I'm big time on that. That my ADD brain goes, it gets on fire. Uh, and so, yeah. So, well, the story is I, I get to college and I'm like, well, I don't know how I'm really going to be an actor because I'm, I'm from central Indiana. I didn't really know anybody that was, I had one friend, rest his soul. He just recently passed. He's my mentor, Bill Thomas, who was on the Cosby show. And I mm -hmm. met him when I was in high school, he was kind of, you know, and I would write him letters back when you would write letters and, you know, he was encouraging, but I didn't really, you know, it, was, it wasn't like, I can't go to college and spend all this money and then go wait tables in LA or New York. Mm -hmm. Like I, that just isn't, wasn't an option. And, and so I thought I was going to be oh, the legitimate way to be on camera was to be a broadcast journalist. So mm -hmm. like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And I interned at uh, wish TV channel eight, mm -hmm. uh, which was CBS back then uh, for a winter term. And then I went to C-SPAN, which was exactly as boring as you think it might be. <laughs> um, and, and in fact, the one thing I remember about that was I went to get a haircut at the Capitol uh, barber in this, this in the, which was like by the Senate, I think. And, and I'd sit down, and he's, you know, all the pictures of the senators on the congressman on the wall, and they cut my hair exactly like an old white man in the Senate. <laughs> it was like, it was the worst haircut I ever had in my life. It was like feathered to the side. They kind of cut it to make it look like Heart, I was losing yeah. my hair, even though I wasn't. <laughs> like, it was the worst. You're like, yeah. don't go here anymore. And Mike Pence was over <laughs> no. in the corner waiting on a barber chair. <laughs> exactly. Flies all up in his shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, I, I got to my senior year and out of the clear blue sky, I got an offer to be a youth director at a church here in North Hollywood, California, a church you've seen. It's been filmed so many times in different movies and stuff and TV shows. And uh, it was like a part time job making like 15 grand a year. And I was mm -hmm. like the youth director for the middle school and high school kids. But I'm like, I'll take it. And uh, that was the excuse I needed to get out here. And then within that first year, I got uh uh Malcolm in the middle and that was uh that was I was off to the races after that so um it was uh kind of meant to be I, I, I kids always ask me like graduating or kids that well, I want to be an actor what do you, what can I do I'm like man I don't know <laughs> you know like, my <laughs> yeah. path was like this I mean get lucky have I don't know it's uh it's I know more now than I did then but it was mm -hmm. um a truly kind of uh I don't know what you call it but it was uh it was a crazy path to get there and, and so I went like two, two weeks after graduation, I packed up my Honda Accord and me and my brother drove across, uh, cross country. Uh, he was my co-pilot and then uh, he flew back and then it, there I was, I knew like one person and, mm -hmm. uh, the people at the church were awesome. They really helped me out. And I lived with this 80 year old guy up in the Hollywood Hills, uh, and who would get mad at me for taking long showers and leaving the toaster plugged in, but he was, he was a good guy at heart. <laughs> it was definitely like a 22 year old and an 87 year old, you know, uh, who, you know, lived through the depression and came out to LA on a box car, mm -hmm. you know, and made a fortune in advertising. And, and he's like, you know, you really just need to turn on the shower, turn it off, lather up, 
turn it back on, rinse off. You're out of there in two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> just like, no, 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 no. Well, my and my grandpa uh, was in the depression, so that was kind of the thing of like he, my grandpa made his own rubber bands. He wow. would take inner tubes from bikes and wow. cut the so like and the thing is even you know he's been dead for 10 years but i'm still finding rubber band those rubber bands and i'm like he that. wasn't wrong but it was just no. like you exactly know. I, I my grandpa was the same way he, he could you know jimmy rig anything he could mm -hmm. he could fit whatever it was he'd find a way to fix it no joke it's a little personal but he got a hernia right mm -hmm. no you know a hernia mm -hmm. instead of going to the doctor he just wadded up some uh, uh, socks and put a belt around it and kept that thing on my grandpa. You got to go to the doctor. You're like, ah, yep. oh, no, this fun. That's, yep. that's another generation, man. They, yep. They, uh, us weaklings couldn't hold a candle to what they they, they were able to do. Now, and the thing is, I don't want to do it that way. <laughs> no, 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 no. Clearly, no. I'm I'm glad. I don't want to trade places, but still, yeah. much respect. Yeah, making my own rubber bands and yeah, it was just so. Uh, but the thing is, he's not wrong. They were still around, so um yep. so you, you you live with the guy and then you're on malcolm in the middle you learn things in school but what did you learn you know you know it's different yeah. being on set yeah. being around people yeah. what are those things because i you know just last night i wrapped up my acting class via zoom like oh so, really yeah i was did oh, a six-week cool. thing so and who knows if anything will come of it but i'm like i i got time and i want to learn some skills but I know it's different Fantastic. being in the, you know, on scene versus on Zoom. Yeah. Well, first of all, good for you, because that's uh, I think you can learn a lot whether you ever, you know, I mean, you already know about playing a character and, and all that stuff. So you're already uh, ahead of most people. But I think it's a valuable lesson to just be able to, you know, take text and turn it into something and, mm -hmm. and what it does for your, you know, uh, your confidence in front of people in front of the camera. For me, I yeah, it's a lot of on-the-job training. I mean, when I did Malcolm, uh, I I learned so I watched as much as I could. I learned so much from Brian Cranston, who mm -hmm. had been doing it for a long time, even at that point. And Jane Kaczmarek, and um, actually the guy that played the Commandant Spangler, his name's uh, Daniel von Bargen. Mm -hmm. He's uh, from Lafayette. He was a oh, Hoosier. Really? He went to Purdue. Okay. I, I don't know if he's from Lafayette, but he's from Indiana. And he went to Purdue. Uh, and that guy was, you know, what a character he was. Yeah, he he's uh, he passed early, unfortunately, but uh, he uh, he was another person that I just paid, I just would soak it up as much as I could. And that and, and that, uh, that guy I knew when I would watch Malcolm and Middle. I'm like, I know that guy from other stuff too. Yep. Yeah. He was he was a character actor who was around forever, and uh, he had that gravelly voice, smoked a pack a day, probably three packs a day, and he uh, had that, that just that look, that you know, that face that. It was uh, definitely uh, that guy had a great career, and I knew him from uh, Super so, Troopers. That's where I knew him from because I was looking okay. up what it was. He was also. Do you see that movie about the teachers that are the teachers? What was that movie about? Where like the teachers are actually aliens or they're possessed or something? Um, um, is it the faculty? The faculty. Was he? Was yeah. he in that? I don't know. Like, that's because when you say teachers like and stuff, that's that. what comes to mind. I'll I think that's it what it was. Okay. I may be right. I may be wrong. That's that was because that life. was one of my HBO movies. We we weren't supposed to get HBO when I was a kid, but somehow we mm -hmm. got it. And of course, we didn't say anything. But that was yeah. a, a movie on loop was uh, the faculty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. That's big time getting HBO. That's I right. Even imagine that growing up. Now I'm paying 15 bucks a month because I, I got <laughs> I got money, Drew. <laughs> I got yeah, baby. <laughs> Let's go, Richie Rich. <laughs> 
Man, next thing you know, you're going to be at the country club. Jeez. You're going to be driving yeah. that brand new F-150. Yeah, driving driving it up to uh, Caddy for all the rich people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're gonna be able to afford to go to you know one of those fancy restaurants like Benihana's or uh, that's a Olive uh, Garden. Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, man, growing up like in in I was in band uh, in middle school, and you had to, we had to sell cheese and sausage mm-hmm. to make you know money for the band. And so if you, they had all these incentives. And one of the things was if you were in the top three, you got to go out to dinner at any place you wanted with the band director and some friends or whatever. And people like, you know, it was always Benihana's. I forget there was some New Orleans place in Indianapolis that everybody loved. But, you know, by, by standards of now, it was like, you know, maybe, you know, Olive Garden level. But it was yeah. always a big deal, man. Dude, you know, I- Mr. Habosh. I was in uh, Boy Scouts and I'm an Eagle Scout and uh, oh, so your things, but you're selling popcorn, you know, nobody oh, cares yeah. about popcorn and they all want the Girl Scout cookies. But you, <laughs> you spend your early years selling popcorn and then our troop, it was the weirdest, dumbest thing, but it's the most practical thing, but they sold like these big rolls of trash bags. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's like, who doesn't need trash bags? And I remember exactly. one year. I paid for my whole camp selling trash bags because my mom was like, all right, here's how you got to do this. And then like you build up a clientele. So I sold 135 rolls of these stupid trash. I know like as a child, I don't know. I don't have that kind of drive. I know. So, but it was like that weird thing. Like early you get kids and you're like, all right, you go door to door and you sell the chocolate so we can go to whatever. Yeah. But and then kids like me and you like, Hey, here's a bag of chocolate that you're responsible for. That you're supposed to sell, but don't eat. But it's gonna be. It was like sitting in my room, like a little tan. Like, come eat me. And it was like, oh, it was like I did not have the willpower for that. I'm like, how much? I might have to, mom. Can I borrow five bucks? I just say, I'm in the hole. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was that was that was a lesson not in selling in in actual willpower. I mean, mm-hmm. it's to this day, because there was did you, maybe you had the same thing. There were three. There was almond, rice crispy, and plain milk chocolate, mm-hmm. and they were plain like in a, it was not a brand or anything. But it might as well have been gold because it was mm-hmm. like I have a bag of like thirty chocolate bars that mm-hmm. I have to take with me everywhere because I'm supposed to be selling them all the time. And man, the number of times I would sneak one at night and put like hide the wrappers under my pillow, like some kind of <laughs> pathetic, <laughs> sad fat boy. Oh man! But you know, and to the, I, I just had a Rice crispy chocolate from Trader Joe's. And it tasted just like that. I was instantly teleported back to 1980. They haven't changed something. the formula. They well, they they didn't change the formula because I knew they'd get you, Drew. That like, <laughs> they gotta... really do their homework. Trader <laughs> Joe's really does their homework. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, but yeah. So so uh, I, I don't know how. See again, that's a tremendous t- tangent. I just took us on all well, the t- all the way to. Tell me about. To I that. have to ask about Brian Cranston as a huge, you know breaking bad fan of course he wasn't doing sure. so much dramatic stuff but i think people forget how funny that dude is like it, just yeah. if you listen to any podcast or anything he does like i'm laughing out loud at the, his stories and his timing yep yep uh my favorite brian Cranston story was <clears throat> there's an episode in which so i started out as tough get it number two mm-hmm. and i and there's a whole story which i actually told in that uh, in my speech in my commencement speech about how i got that job like basically poking myself in the eye on accident. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but 
I, I, they upgraded me to Cadet Drew after a couple mm-hmm. episodes, and I ended up doing like 12 or something like that. And I had an episode, a scene where that, you know, they always did that on that show, that that thing where you, it looks like you're naked, but they shoot around it. Like Brian always had like a, you know, a newspaper, some yeah. kind of bush or newspaper, <laughs> you know, yeah. And so they did that with my character because the 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 local girls in Alabama come to the school and then they they I'm like I'm gonna put a stop to this and they rip my clothes off and they carry me out six women uh, stunt women <laughs> very strong stunt women <laughs> had to carry me out in my underwear and my tidy whities and my shirt ripped open which I'll have you know I read that script because back in the day they would FedEx the script to you this is mm-hmm. not, no email and I got that script and I'm I would tear through it I'm like okay where's Kenneth Drew where's Kenneth Drew and he's like. They, Cadet Drew gets carried out by uh, half naked by six women. I'm like, oh my God, I immediately dropped, started doing push ups, got some self tanning, which was terrible. <laughs> I look orange. If you watch that, I look orange because I used mm-hmm. self tanning. It was awful. But, uh, and then at the end of that, they find me and I'm like in a fetal position, naked in the corner. And I'm like, I've seen things, Francis, terrible things. And I think I'm engaged. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember they came into my, they gave me a, a, a flesh colored Speedo. Mm-hmm. and the director and the producer would come in and they were trying to figure out how they could do that gag on me mm-hmm. so they had like a like a Lay's potato chip bag and they're like <laughs> trying to hold stuff up to my crotch I'm like well this is Hollywood baby yeah. this is how we do it but uh I, I asked Brian about it I'm like you got any advice uh you know I got to be in the the you know the nude shot and he's like well you know I'm glad you got the speedos because if you have to show your butt they put it it's like a you know sock kind of thing and then mm-hmm. you got to keep your eyes down because if the cute girl walks by it's like whoa yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i got a good laugh out of that he, he was great jane was great as mary could play the mom they were you know they were just really great to to learn from you know and and pros you know you can tell the actors that have been doing it a long time you know that have, mm-hmm. have come through the ranks that have paid their dues you know and and they always have that different level to me of of performance because it's mm-hmm. you know this you know it's like the ten thousand hour thing right that uh, Gladwell talks about. Yeah, uh, I I read life. that book for ten thousand hours and I was not any better. At, <laughs> <what> I... <laughs> no, I quote Gladwell all the time. I've never completed one of his books. Not one time. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I just it's get great, enough though. info I when I yeah. say I I, re- I read a study. It just means I saw the tweet that was the thing was based on. <laughs> but I look smarter doing it. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. It's Um, all smoke and mirrors, man. Listening to you last night, you know, some interviews that you did uh, and then kind of flipping back and forth on my laptop, your voice, it bothered me. I'm a, I'm a type, it doesn't bother me, but I'm the type of guy when I hear a voice, especially on cartoons and stuff, I'm, you know, we're watching the Simpsons or whatever. I'm always like, that's so-and-so I, like yeah. I have an ear for that. And I'm like, who does, yep. who do you, who do you know who people think you sound like, or at least I say you sound like, well, I, I know the ones I get all the time Yeah, uh, is, is well, what they didn't know who it was, but they would say you have an elephant in the pistachio commercial. Yep. That's exactly John Cena. John Cena. I was, yep. I was like, oh, okay. And I'm a huge wrestling fan. But I was sure. listening to you speak, and I don't know if that annoys you that people are like, "Oh, you sound like no. that guy." But it just in my head because you have that bassy voice, and I'm like, "Ah, <laughs> well, we, it and we, bothered me." We did a me. movie together. We, we were in the Marine together, so yeah. I, I and John, I was going to ask you John that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny because I I never thought to like go back and watch that to see if uh, if we sounded alike in that 
movie because it never occurred to me then, but mm -hmm. I get it all the time now. And it's funny because he's like from Massachusetts. He's, you know, like I, I sometimes get Vince Vaughn, mm -hmm. um, because, but he's from like Illinois, like he's over the border from yeah. us, you know, so that makes a little more sense. But, but absolutely, it's, it's, it's crazy. In fact, they called me in to do that because he did that. Pistachio. He wasn't going to do the pistachio commercial anymore. So they called me in to kind of replace him. Mm -hmm. And so they paid me to do all these reads. And then they decided they didn't want a, a John Cena voice anymore. So I never actually did it. But I mean, it got to the point where even the whatever, the wonderful pistachio company took note. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, if, if and he's everywhere now, John, you know, so it, oh, you, know, yeah. you, hear, you hear his voice in the other room and my wife thinks it's me. That's yeah. Now I'm going to get, uh, somebody's going to get a soundboard to John Cena and, yeah. uh, just, she's going to think it's a real conversation and it's just, <laughs> exactly. uh, why are you saying you can't see me over and over Drew? What, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, man. We had some good times. That was movie was a long time ago. We shot it in Australia and he would go back on the weekends to do wrestling shows mm -hmm. like from Australia to America. It's insane. If you've ever yeah. flown to Australia, you know, it's, it's insane to do that. And he'd come back with like a fat lip or like one time it looked like someone bit a hole out of his, the back of his hand. And wow. I'm like, man, that's some hard work, bro. Yeah. Hard no, work. I, and uh, you know, I compare stand up to wrestling and stand up is not as hard, but wrestling is like, they're always on the road. You know, they're driving oh, yeah. from town to town. It's essentially stand up working the road, except for you have to, you can't eat Wendy's. You can't, yeah. you got to like yeah. work out. It's way hard. And then you're like going to get bruised up and then drive to yeah. the next town. You're going to get hurt for sure. Yeah. And he told me that back in that, those days they had made him like coach and you mm -hmm. know, like there was, it was no frills. It wasn't like, maybe it's different now. They got more money, but uh, yeah, that was, that was rough. That was rough. Bless him. It worked out for him. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad things are going well. Uh <laughs> When you're not, and I actually with the, with, you know, with the pandemic, how is acting? Cause I was, I have another question, but what's been going on? Are you doing, you, you know, auditioning for things or getting roles yeah. or what's, what's happening? Well, it, it shut down completely from, you know, whatever it was March until, you know, I think the first mm -hmm. thing I heard of going back was in August, but that mm -hmm. there was very, very little going out throughout, which was wild. Which is funny. I, I said to, to I've said to a lot of people like, the kind of the whole world knows what it's like to be an actor now because you have these long periods of time where you're not working and then you're working mm -hmm. and then you're not, you know. So the whole world was like an unemployed actor for several <laughs> months last year. Um, but uh, I, I I went back. My first job back was in September. I did an episode of Station 19, which was that uh, kind of the Grey's Anatomy spinoff. Mm -hmm. uh, and that we were, it was when the forest fires were happening around here. It was an episode about you know, the forest fires or the brush yeah. fires. And uh, so it was kind of, and we actually got shut down because the air quality was so bad. So it was like life imitating art imitating yeah. art. So that was kind of wild. And then, but then, um, and then I did a couple other things, but then at the very end of last year, November, December, I did this movie, I shot this movie in Oklahoma City uh, called Unbreakable Boy, which I can't wait for people to see. It's um, uh, Zach Levi stars. He was the guy that was in Shazam. Uh, mm -hmm. He's done some other things, you know, if you saw him. And I play his imaginary friend in this movie. And so um, it's uh, it's just a heartwarming, funny, nice film kind of about this real family and uh, centers around this kid, uh, Austin, who is aut autistic, but also has brittle bones uh, syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, uh, but he has this great uh, kind of indomitable spirit and it's, um, it's a lovely film. So that ended, I ended 2020 on a really high note from, from a work standpoint, because 
that was just a great, great experience and a great film. So that'll come out hopefully sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just went back and uh, did another show. Uh, they haven't announced it yet. Uh, so, but it, I'll say this, it was a show that I've done before and uh, uh, I got to go back and, and reprise a role that I love. So um, uh, that was, it was good. I've been busy. So I, I touch wood and that's not true for everybody, yeah. but, <laughs> but I, you know, things are ramping up. It's a lot of me in, in here in the garage doing self tapes and, yeah. and uh, I have to book time out when my wife's not doing the yoga. Uh, she's a yoga instructor. So uh, Soulful Warrior Collective on YouTube, go check her out. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's luckily people need content. They need, they need people, they need stand up. They need shows. We've all been watching them. So, um, um, I'm, I'm excited to see, see what's next and, and thankful and grateful. I mean, it's weird with the, with the, the COVID obviously, you know, yeah. it, I've been tested. I've had my nose swab more times than I can even count in the last mm-hmm. three months. Now it doesn't probably doesn't even it. phase you. You just. Oh You're no, like, it does. Do it. It's the worst. <laughs> I know, me? just all the way Every up Every time. Oh, my, it my, makes me sneeze. My eyes mm-hmm. start watering. I feel I'm like a like a sad little you know, weakling. It's the worst. Yeah. My eyes are watering. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. it I can't see. So much. <laughs> Well, when you're not acting, what what is you know your time with family? What 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 are what are you into that's not acting? You know, I love music still. You know, mm-hmm. I always had, had a love for that, and and that's one of the things I found myself doing a lot more in the pandemic was I just take my guitar. I started a thing when I was traveling a lot called which you can appreciate hotel bathroom sessions because yeah, I watched you sing you know, uh, Rainbow <laughs> Connection in the hotel bathroom <laughs> as Grundy. Yeah. So, so yeah. you forgot to mention that part. I'm in full Grundy makeup <laughs> with my little baby Taylor. And that was actually in the bathroom of my dressing room uh, on set at Gotham singing Rainbow Connection. I remember the guy that wrote that, Paul. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. I can't think of his last name. Paul. Uh, sorry, Paul. But he 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 re- responded on Instagram saying that, OK, his, his career is finished now. It's, he's seen it all. He's it's all done <laughs> now, now that now that he's seen Solomon Grundy singing his song in a bathroom it was paul all, williams all done, so. by the way but thank you paul williams yeah. sorry paul he's <laughs> the best and that song is the best but that, that was it's like a fever dream you know like i remember seeing this zombie monster singing yeah. the kermit the frog song in a bathroom on the, on, on the john yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but i i really uh found that to be a great creative outlet uh just to, to keep playing and singing and and uh you know, having a, a 10 year old, you know, who's into sports has been fun. He, he loves all the Indiana teams. So mm-hmm. we watch the Pacers and the Hoosiers and the, and the Boilermakers and Butler. And of course the Colts, I'm a big Colts fan. So, uh, which that was the first, first time I saw one of your things, you had a Colts hat on. I'm like, wait, what? What? But yeah. then I was like, Google, Google, Google. Oh, he's from Indiana. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> it's like, I don't care if it makes Colts fans look like rednecks. It is great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. The thing is some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turns out Wait, yeah it's okay a little bit that's okay that's okay that's but i'm, right. I'm sure I'm there's right. a, a a patriots fan that is just as redneck as a, as a amen to that so. uh, yeah a hundred percent hundred percent yeah but it's it's so it's been fun to to kind of to uh kind of relive some fun stuff with him and and you know and, and playing some golf you know, all these sports that you can play now i love basketball i'm still that's my preferred exercise and i would play three times four times a week that's been done for over a year and, yeah. and it won't be, that won't be coming back for a while. So a lot of horse, really not a lot of <laughs> <gardening> right. people. <laughs> that's right. That's right. A lot of me and, and my, and my 10 year old in the, in the me like dominating, slapping that 
crap. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here with that mess. Yeah. Uh, is he going to be a, a big guy like you, you think? Yeah, he's already almost taller than his mother, and he's in fourth grade. So. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's – He's gonna be a he's gonna be a tall kid for sure. So you know we're working on that that, that NBA retirement plan. That's uh, right. <laughs> Run the laps, just a, you you with a whistle in the in the exactly. driveway. I'm going full Earl Woods, you know. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is your job. This is your destiny. Yeah, grow yeah. a brain. Uh, just exactly. every the pro- the coach is, cliche. He, he likes exactly. He likes reading. He's really smart. He's sweet. He's not so. That's really going to throw a wrench in the works. I know. He's you just when he's sleeping one night, you just have to throw away the books. <laughs> and and then that's you're the, gonna the Brent Terhune guide to, to <laughs> parenting, parenting and a pro athlete. You're gonna find it. You're gonna go in his room when he's at school one day, and then he's gonna come home, and you're like, "Look what I found on your mattress! It's to kill a <laughs> mockingbird. What is this? <laughs> we talked about this." <laughs> I learned it by watching you, all right? <laughs> you weren't at school today. You went to the library, which is even worse. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. I And the, the biggest fear is that he's going to be an actor and have to, to live this crazy life. Uh, so yeah. So I'm hoping I'm hoping he goes the science route or, uh, you know, something else. But whatever, whatever it is, man, uh, he's going to get he's going to get to do it. That's the one thing I appreciate about. My parents and, and my family with how supportive they were in this crazy, this crazy world that I, I've, I've, I've and found myself in. And, and look, man, you know it. To, to do what you love is is the biggest blessing in the world. It's it's incredible. Yeah, and if you know if if you can do your passion, and then also that becomes a living on top of that too. What a great yeah. thing yeah. to just do. And it's a, it's a dumb cliche, but you do what you love. Even my worst day doing stand up, at least I'm like, at least it's not an office job or something <laughs> exactly. that I hate, you know. Uh, you, yeah, and you know, we're all built differently. There's a, there, like my brother is like, I don't know how you survive mm-hmm. all the uh, not knowing where your next job is going to come from, and you know, people are some people aren't built for that, and that's that's a- absolutely fine. But you know, when you find what your passion is, and 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 I always knew it. I mean, I, you remember in Hoosiers there was a great shot of a, a movie marquee that said Avon mm-hmm. and it, it was uh, it said, good luck Huskers at state or something. And that's in my hometown or was before it burned down rest in peace. And I would go to that movie theater and sit there and watch movies like back to the future or mm-hmm. you'll appreciate this pet cemetery. I'll never forget yeah. watching that movie in the theater. And, uh, and, and just, I, I only can describe it as this like yearning, this longing that I would feel in like the pit of my stomach watching these movies where everybody else was like, oh, this is a funny movie. That's a cool. And I was like, oh, I had this like this strong physical, you know, feeling about like, I need to be doing that. That's mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and so the calling part was never in question. It was just figuring out how the heck I was going to do it. What are, when you were a kid or now, what are your go-to like? Cause I find I'll just pull up YouTube and be like, I need to watch this movie scene again that I've seen a thousand times. What are your scenes? Right. Man. Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I you can't, yeah, you know, I, I honestly, you know, Hoosiers is one that I love. I just love that mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and I, whenever that's the movie that if it's on anywhere, I gotta sit and finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to go, I highly recommend, by the way, going to the gym. They've, they've got this, this Hoosier gym is open and you can go and take a tour and 
Okay. So these great guys that uh, Bob in particular that runs it and knows everything and have, you know, they have all this great information and they've got it exactly like it was in the movie. And so uh, I took my, when we were in Indiana this summer, I took my son and my cousins and my sister and her husband and we went down to the Hoosier gym and they, they, uh, they opened it up for us and we were playing, we were shooting on the court with the soundtrack of the movie playing over the loudspeaker. <laughs> I was in freaking heaven. Yeah. It was like Nirvana, man. I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. You know, dun, 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 dun. we're doing like, you know, we're doing scenes from the movie, running the picket fence. It was, uh, it was awesome. So that, that's, that's a, a classic. Sure. It must have been how I, when I went to the Christmas story house and uh, yes. Cleveland, like that's one of my favorite movies anyway, but just to be like, Oh, that's where he put the soap in his mouth. And like, you know, yes. all that. That's where they, stuff. Do they, and they have, they have it like it was in the movie, right? They, mm-hmm. They've done a good job of preserving it. Yeah. Cause the part of the movie was shot there and part of it was shot in Canada. Um, and right. they, they rehabbed it cause it was two brothers fixing motorcycles in the house. So they revamped it. <laughs> Um, and they, you know, it's, they do the big tour and there's the gift shop across the street with the fire engine from the movie and, uh, the red rider. They have a red rider. Of course they do. Yeah. yeah. And I actually yeah. bought the la- the leg lamp this year, uh, from them cause they sell them and it was literally, I bought it on like a Tuesday. It was at my house on a Wednesday. Like I, I'm like, if anything, right, go see the Christmas house, uh, Christmas story house. Cause their shipping is fast. That's why you should go <laughs> I love it. Well, I think that needs to go right next to, to Elvira there. And, and I know. The yeah. Background. I got to re up the, the picture and that actually I've replaced all the records. Cause this is my Christmas background, but uh, the leg yes, is okay. still up. This at the time of this recording, it is February and the leg is still up. So the leg is still up and it will stay up. Is it, it, that movie was set in Indiana, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. They're yeah. now I'm trying to think. Um, this gene shepherd is the was the author so that's where he went he went to uh warren g harding school um, okay oh cool they always mention like south bend and Terre Haute. now I, I can't even remember what the exact city was but yeah definitely in indiana right. indiana yeah, yeah it always pisses me off when they shoot indiana stuff elsewhere like atlanta or massachusetts there was that robert duvall movie and it was supposed to be in indiana i'm like that ain't indiana man <laughs> yeah. come on yeah that is massachusetts how dare you <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I think I know Parks and Rec did some episodes here, so I know they were like downtown yeah. proper, so you can't really recreate St. Elmo's no. Steakhouse. That's you right. Know? No, you can't. <laughs> that's right. No, you sure can't. Uh, that's always a, a hit whenever I come back. I got to hit that spot. I heard a rumor that the writer, one of the writers of that show was from Boone County and that the the Eagle, the Pawnee Eagle, Eagle, what was it? Eagle Station? No, Eagleton? No, what was it? Th- the, the rich town that was next door um, eagle something eagle i don't yeah now i'm trying to think anyway, what it was yeah but that that was based on lebanon and zionsville which, <laughs> yeah. you know lebanon's where i'm from and then zionsville was you know the rich rich richy riches yeah uh, and so i could tell i don't know if that's true but i really want it to be true because it makes a lot of sense i love it when you do stand up and that's a universal occurrence of like you know, if you, some comics have the jokes where you roll into town, you're like, all right, what's the bad part of town? So I can put that in the joke uh, yes. or that, you know, yes. everybody has their Fishers, Indiana of like hoity toity. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yep. Well, I had a friend that from Australia that he had a job of uh, when comics would come from out of the country, they would call him up to their hotel room and they'd pay him. 
they do their set in front of him and he'd say, I would fix this, this, and this to make it make sense yeah. for the Australian audience. And I was like, that's fascinating. Yeah, it and is so idea. weird. Yeah, it, even yeah. with like stuff where like, I'll be like, uh, yeah, I was at Kroger. Like whenever at the first show I'm in a town, I'm like, do you guys have Kroger? And it, and they'll be like, no, we have uh, Ralph's Piggly Wiggly. or Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. yeah. It is, H-E-B. It is, it is so weird how when you travel sometimes and I don't have any jokes about subway, like riding the subway, how like if <clears throat> if you're in a certain town that's never had a subway or um, you do a joke and it gets nothing. But in my head, I'm like, yeah. you are aware that people ride subways, right? Like it's so yeah, weird. On. How, come on, work how, with like, me here. We, we can't yeah. laugh if we've never done it. Like, come on, like help me out a little bit. <laughs> no, exactly. It's like, show me. I, I will not laugh unless I have personally experienced I know. this. Yeah. So. Bring me more. <laughs> Next. Why, it's, I, much credit to you as a stand-up. I, I would love to do stand-up that someone else wrote because mm-hmm. that is called cheating. And it's also <laughs> called acting uh, because I love the idea of the performance of it, but the, the audacity to write something funny and come up with it, write it and make it make sense is such, a, I think a difficult and, and a, a, such an art that uh, it scares the crap out of me. So I, much respect to you and, and all the other people that do it. It's a hell of a gig. Well, and you wrote the the commencement speech. That's kind of stand up. I mean, you were, you had jokes <laughs> in there and that's close. That's close to it. Yeah. I just need to let be less of a coward. I think that's well, mostly it. And that's kind of, you know, <laughs> You're doing the thing that people are are fearful of is acting and public speaking. And yeah. you're like, I need to be less yeah. of a coward. Like you're not yeah. a coward. <laughs> well, I, you know, I listen. I, I think maybe we 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 need to consider uh, consider a, a, a sitcom with the you know two brothers from Indiana that get plopped into a, a fish out of water kind of scenario. I mean, uh, I think we could have, uh, or or maybe maybe we're running. You know, we're running for political office. One of us is running. One of us is the uh, you know the political advisor but mm-hmm. it's really like the you know it's like one of your characters like i i got i got ideas for us man you mean this think, script think... right here <laughs> <laughs> let's do it come on yeah. hollywood come i'm on. all give, for it give, give give the bearded big boys a job it'll be uh, hilarious i'll let you handle it since you're already the guy doing it but i'll be like yes okay. whatever this man says let's, let's do go. it all right all right i'm gonna start thinking on it yeah <laughs> Um, I, I, before we wrap up, I have to ask about Pee Wee Herman. Ah, oh, yeah, that was, that was a bizarre experience in my life. Um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, I'll try and do this fast, but no, you the, got, we, got, uh, we have time. I'm just, okay. you know, whatever, you know, I, know. I want a Pee Wee Herman story. And so does it, I okay. said at the beginning and then people will message me like, you didn't ask about Pee Wee Herman. So <laughs> I got to, all right, you get it in, you got your <laughs> ticking the boxes. Okay, so when I, I got the audition for that, I thought it was a joke, really. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was like, because you got to remember, like, Pee Wee was off the air for a long time. Netflix wasn't around. Like, mm-hmm. he was gone. Yeah. And it was like, they're bringing back the Pee Wee Herman show, but it's going to be, we did it in L.A. first. It wasn't going to go to Broadway. It was, it was L.A. And they're going to do it at Club Nokia, which is over by the Nokia Theater downtown in L.A. And so I'm like, okay. Uh, and I went and I auditioned, and, uh, and it was, it was kind of, uh wild because paul was there dressed as peewee mm-hmm. so there was like suddenly like peewee was there but like sitting at the table with casting and stuff I'm like, yeah oh, auditioning okay. is hard enough i imagine let alone to walk yeah. in and be like oh that's peewee that's <laughs> the peewee herman that's there's peewee herman in his bow tie <laughs> and 
And so, and so I auditioned and I kind of was like, that was a weird experience and moved on. And I was actually driving back to Indiana uh, and I got a call it's like somewhere in Texas. And they're like, hey, uh, you know, they want to see you again. Um, and I'm like, listen, I'm in the middle of Texas. I think, I don't think this show is legit anyway. I think it's going to be some weird thing. Uh, I'm good. And so they're like, okay. And then they said, they came back and they're like, they really liked you. They want you to do it. I'm like, okay. I said to my manager at the time, like, is this real? And he's like, I think it's real. They opened up the tickets. Originally, it was going to be at another theater, the, the Henry Fonda Theater, and it sold out in like two minutes. And so they moved it to a bigger venue. And he's like, I think this is going to be real. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so we did it. And it was bizarre and wild. And uh, uh, I played a mute dancing bear. Mm-hmm. It was a new character. But I also did the voices of Randy and Mr. Window and the Flowers. And really, the star of the show was the set. I mean, mm-hmm. if you've seen it on, on HBO, it's still on, on HBO Go or HBO Max. It, it is uh, really uh, something to see because it looks like the playhouse that's mm-hmm. come to life. And, um, and so uh, we did it there and then we took it, found out later we, we were going to take it to Broadway. So we did that uh, like in January and, and February and then took it to Broadway in the fall. And the best part about that show were all the people I got to meet because it was the thing to go see both mm-hmm. in LA and, and so like, I met David Bowie, I met uh, like Lou Reed and Salman Rushdie came together one time. <laughs> was, was like, there was all these random, you know, Prince came one time, nobody got to meet him, but like he was there and, and I could always look out my, uh, I looked out the nose of the thing so I could see who was out there. And like, he was started in one place and then he moved up over here. Like exactly what you expect Prince just to do. Just the purple in the theater. Yeah, just... exactly. <laughs> like just popping up when he was over here. <laughs> I remember seeing, what's that dude? What was that chef that always wore the Crocs? The, the orange Crocs. I just saw this orange Crocs in the aisle. Uh, Mario Batali. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that dude's here. This guy's you know, at the uh, theater and Crocs. Yeah, exactly. The dude, These I are my mean, he really dress Crocs. That look. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh daniel radcliffe was there uh harry potter uh and and that was uh he was doing equus at the time uh so he was you know but anyway so it was really fun it was a fun crazy experience i also my wife was pregnant with our son Mm -hmm. in the new york part so she was there with me for a while although i never saw her because you you spend you know a lot of time especially early on in the show you're never home Mm -hmm. and then i flew her back and she because there's a point where you're not supposed to fly so once we got to that she flew back and then and then I, the goal was to get this thing wrapped and get home before she gave birth because it was yeah. touch and go there in terms of dates. And, um, and in fact, the, the day I was supposed to fly, it's a huge snowstorm. And I'm like, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to miss the birth of my son because mm-hmm. of this stupid snowstorm. And then he decided to wait for like two more weeks. So he was good. He, he, he <laughs> did me a solid. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it was a great experience. It was, uh, it was a bizarre experience. It was, um, it was all of those things. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, but uh, Pee Wee definitely has a, just this, uh, it, it, I realized how much that show meant to people, mm-hmm. especially people, you know, that didn't feel like they fit in. Um, and so that was a really cool thing to see these people able to kind of reconnect and, and, you know, reconnect with the show that meant a lot to them when they were kids. So, so that I, was fun. I think that's such a, a the character has staying power along with Elvira, who's, you know, is over my yeah. shoulder on the backdrop because Absolutely. they both own that character as far as I know. Uh, yep. And I think it was the same with Ernest uh, where, yeah. you know, it's not, they're, they're in control of their own fate. So it's like, they can keep doing that and keep making good things that people yep. care about, you know? 
definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say there was another thing. Oh, so you're Solomon Grundy. I watch and people, I apologize for not watching Gotham, but okay. when, pe- when people are like, have I you seen? Paid. Yeah. When uh, I would like some of that money back, by the way, uh, <laughs> when people are like, have you seen this? And I'm like, no, I don't even know what you're about to say, but no, I have not. I just finished yeah. game of Thrones uh, like a month ago. Uh, yeah. But I was watching clips of that show and, you know, you said it was a new character. I love the addition and I, these are spoilers, but uh, of the guy, you know, Butch getting his hand cut off, but now he's got a hammer, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, such a good, because yeah. uh, even on Game of Thrones, the guy, he gets his hand cut off and I'm like, what, what? Because he's got a fake hand, but I'm like, I'd have a hook. I'd have something. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, we uh, had that discussion, like, okay, what can Butch have? And I had uh I had a hammer at one point. I had a drill. Mm-hmm. It's a great scene where I, I have a drill. I, he takes the drill to this yeah. dude's forehead. And, and uh, uh, I'm trying to think if I had anything else. But then ultimately I had a hand. And the hand part was weird because at first they cheaped out on it. So it was like a rubber glove that they painted bronze. Mm. And then they kind of wrapped it. And I took my hand out at the end of shooting. And my hand had like doubled in size because it was like swollen because it cut oh. off the circulation. I'm like, listen you cheap SOBs were going to get in a silicone hand made. And so ultimately the hand that I had was like the, the game of Thrones guy. And I still have it. Uh, you know, if, when people do the cameo thing, I always pull the hand out. Uh, oh, that's cool. And uh, yeah. And, and so that was fun, but it, that's one of the things I loved about doing a comic book show is that there were so many interesting things that we got to do. I got these great suits that were tailor made. I never get that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. my character's always, Go get him something off the the, the sale rack at Walmart. Yeah. Uh, so like to go and have my, my suits were made by this incredible uh, guy, uh, Martin Greenfield, who's made suits for every president since Eisenhower. And, uh, you know, like a real great story mm-hmm. about that guy. And he was a, a survivor from Auschwitz and the whole thing. And these suits are, I still got a couple of them and it was so fun and getting to shoot like bazookas and Tommy guns. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a great scene where I pop up out of the roof of an old Cadillac an old black Cadillac. I pop up out of the, with the mask on, with right? A Tommy gun with the mask on, and then yeah, and then Tommy gun down the you know the people on the steps of the 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 building and uh, the 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 mayor building or whatever it was, and uh, those kind of stuff, that kind of stuff, and doing it in New York. I mean, we shot all over New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really got to know the city that way and fell in love with the city that way. So it was that job will not be rivaled, and you know we're still friends with a lot of those guys. We we still talk and connect as much as we can, and we all agree it was for every single one of us it was a, a real unique time in our life and our career that we won't forget were you a batman fan before then i mean yeah i was in a super big like comic book guy but yeah. i remember watching the like the super friends on usa mm-hmm. when i went to my aunt's house who had cable yeah and uh <laughs> and uh <laughs> i liked batman the batman movies i liked michael keaton i liked that mm-hmm. that version i always liked batman more than superman because i liked that he was a regular guy that human you know. like do yeah. you, do you just you know a few push-ups and a, a couple billion dollars later we can all be batman <laughs> we can all be batman exactly <laughs> all we need is a, a butler and a, like you said a few billion dollars a car yeah. or so a was, belt that has car every car. type of gadget ever if you're the adam <laughs> <Exactly>. west batman <laughs> absolutely oh uh, classic yeah i remember watching reruns of that as well um and it was it's so fun to be included in that canon to be Mm-hmm. Now I get to be a part of that world, and um, and that's fun. Right now, the 
my wife and son and I are going through the Marvel movies because I miss a whole lot of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kind of going through in order. Uh, and and that's uh, that's actually been fun because I kind of took that. For, now I, I kind of get the the I get the, uh, the whole idea of that comic book genre so much more than I did before mm-hmm. doing the show and and just the kind of the importance of it and, and the you know why it works so well and you know how to appreciate it and and so we're having a lot of fun with that so uh I, I as much as I love Batman and DC I would so happily jump over to Marvel and be one of those movies that looks like they're having a ball doing a that. traitor we have a traitor on it no yep sorry <laughs> yes sorry not sorry <laughs> Uh, what is uh, this is the last question what is a role that you'd like to play that's a great question um and i one i've thought about often um the one that comes to mind the one i've thought about recently uh, i'm reading a book called big fella uh, about babe ruth and mm-hmm. uh, uh my love of sports uh it would just be that guy was such a larger than life character mm-hmm. uh, both in sports and in the world uh at his time um i would love to to play uh, Babe Ruth sometime. Um, I think it's fun to play historical characters, to play people that were really existed. Um, so that that's that's at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know there's others too. But uh, that one would be would be great. I uh, I read a book, and by that I mean the tweet uh, <laughs> or watched watched something where he's like one of the first athletes to have endorsements uh was that i don't maybe that's true or maybe not you're yeah, i believe that where they I mean, I, yeah, like I, I, be in I, movies as babe ruth and like yeah a guy oh, yeah. that really changed that dynamic of sports and entertainment absolutely they would do these <clears throat> barnstorming things where they after the season was over they you know they hop on a train and they just go from city to city and he'd you know go play an exhibition with with some local team or he'd you know, pose for pictures. I mean, the guy, he knew how to, and this was a kid that grew up in an orphanage in Baltimore, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he was, uh, he, he talked about pulling yourself up from your bootstraps. Like mm-hmm. that, that guy had a certain magic to him. So, and I, I, I haven't really seen a movie that's done it justice in a, in a, in a way that wasn't, you know, kind of a wink and a yeah. whatever. I, I'd love to see, I'd love to see a movie that really t- took on the, all of, all of the, the story from the dark to the, to the, to the light. Well, so, that that's our script. I think is you play Babe Ruth and I play his brother. I don't. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I love it. No, you can be the little kid that I, you know, I point to. Uh, you know, I'm gonna hit home run for you, yeah. Brent. Thanks, Mister. <laughs> every, I'm somehow at every game in the same spot in every stadium. Yeah, dressed like a little kid, but with the beard. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I'll have the little hat with the propeller on it. Yep, yep. Uh, Knickers. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mister. Thanks, and then, mister. Then I somehow become a millionaire from selling all these Babe Ruth baseballs. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. And then we just parlay that into a Brewster's Millions kind of thing. So I got to spend all the money. Back. Yeah. He's got to spend all the money. Yeah, that's good. That's, uh, that's gold, baby. Drew, did I forget anything? Uh, no, I only wish that you and I could go to uh, and have a, a, a tenderloin as big as our head now because I, I know. talk so much. I'm hungry. Yeah. Well, or steak tender, and shake. Steak and shake. Yeah. Yep. Those, that's how you tell directions in Indiana is you go up three steak <laughs> and shakes and go over two two steak and shakes. <laughs> <laughs> I found one and we went to Joshua Tree the other day and there's a steak and shake in uh, the Yucca Valley. 
Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. I went immediately and got some chili mac. Yeah. It's great stuff. Um, you don't YouTube, know, now you know. Yeah. Look at, yeah. Find a steak and shake if you're not familiar. Uh, yeah. YouTube.com slash Drew uh, Powell fans. That's, that's correct, right? Yes. Because I, I looked it up. I wrote it down. It's yes. got to be true. Um, that's got to be true. What plug your wife's yoga? What else do you want to plug uh, at the, here at the yeah, end? Yeah, no, that's that's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, everything everything is uh, drewpow.com. You can find everything from mm-hmm. there. That's a good jumping off point, and I'm sure that you're right about that YouTube thing. I should find that out. <laughs> yeah, and my wife's yoga. Is, I, I you know she had me doing the yoga yesterday. So if, if I can do it, <clears throat> anyone can do it. Yeah, and uh, Soulful Warrior Collective on YouTube and. Uh, Man, it's, I'm really excited for, for you guys to see Unbreakable Boy when it comes out this year. Mm-hmm. And this other thing that I can't talk about, but that I wish I could, uh, is going to be a lot of fun. I'm just glad that <laughs> there, you said it's a character you're bringing back, so I'm glad Malcolm the Middle is coming back. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cadet Drew. Cadet Drew, uh, except now he's like a homeless dude living under a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and still naked for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. He never found his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, pal, thank you for being on the show, man. Dude, you're the best. I can't wait for the next time.